Savior Jesus Christ. As we come into the service today, we do. We ask that God would open up the eyes of our hearts so that we would be able to see Him and to see what He has for us. It's great to have everybody here with us this morning. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much, dear Lord, for this day. God, we thank you for the opportunity and the time to be able to come into your house and to worship you and to praise your holy name. God, I pray that your spirit, dear Lord, as he is here, God, that he would intermingle with us and God, that he would move in our hearts and our lives and that he would transform us today. God, that whenever we leave this place, that we would know that we have been in the presence of God Almighty and that we are no longer the same as we were when we came in. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. I'd invite everyone to stand as we go into praise and worship this morning. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want
y'all glad to be here this morning all right let's give praise and worship as we sing for victory for it's our victory in jesus this morning close to my heart because um, we're here this morning to give praise and worship to Jesus because he paid it all 
he gave his life for us, ultimately. And there's this one part in this song that I really like. It's like, oh, praise the one. And it's coming in this song. So I want us to go ahead and go with that first. And it goes like this. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Cause Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed in white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power in thine alone can change the leper's Cause Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed in white as I'll still repeat Cause Jesus paid it all All to him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow Sin had left a crimson stain He washed in white as snow, he washed in white as snow, he washed in white as snow. Right, here it comes, y'all ready? Sing loud. Oh, praise. Oh, praise the Bye. 
Cause Jesus paid it all All to Him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow Sin had left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow he washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. Amen. We do praise his name because he paid it all. He paid it all for us. He forgave us from our sins. He set us free when he died on that cross. But he rose again to give us freedom. Let's bow our heads as the altars are open. If you have a need, if you would need to come to the altar. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you, dear Lord, so much for this day. And God, we thank you for this time and being here with us. You know, God, we do praise you and we thank you for all that you have done. God, you paid that ultimate price for us and you died on the cross. God, you lifted yourself, you raised Jesus from the dead, forgiving us from our sins and setting us free. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would meet us right here, God, where we are today, as we worship and praise you. God, in our weaknesses, dear Lord, you are strong. In the struggles that we have been facing, God, you are the one that make, that gets us through. God, as they're the ones that have came to the altar this morning, dear Lord, and praying to you, God, I pray, God, that you would meet them and, God, that you would touch them. If they need a healing touch, dear Lord, God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would be with them as we prayed for Wanda, for Laura Watts, dear Lord. I pray, God, that you would touch her. God, I pray that you would be with the ones that are here and that you would give them that touch as well this morning. God, if we need strength, dear Lord, today, that you would provide it. If we need peace, God, that you are the one that gives us that peace that passes understand, all understanding. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we, again, we thank you and we praise you for who you are and for what you have done and for what you are going to do. God, I pray that through your words, dear Lord, that you would transform our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's great to see everybody here today. There's uh, things have been different for quite a while. And as we think about the things that have been different and we think about the things that need to change, we have to ask ourselves the, the question as far as what's important. I've been talking to people and this word that's just simply kind of, you know, really been in my mind and the thought process, uh, you know, is this word as far as essential, what is essential? As we've been dealing and thinking and, you know, and going through this pandemic, most of you have, you know, your life has been altered and 
you know, there's a lot of you that are been that have been sitting at home a whole lot longer than usual, right? Kids aren't going to school. We're not able to get out and to move around as much as we used to. And whenever we sit in our homes, we begin to contemplate what life was and thinking about what life should be. And in the midst of the contemplation, there has to be this process that comes about as far as prioritizing or what is essential in my life and are the things that I have essential in my life, are those really the things that are essential? And sometimes it's necessary for us to reprioritize things in our lives. So in listening and thinking about this as far as how we do this, this pandemic has brought about one thing that all of us have to face. And I, and I look at this and I think, I'm like, you know, this pandemic, it's not, it's, you could say it's not racial, it's not bias, because every age group has been affected by this pandemic by this disease that we're in. Every age group from the youngest of the babies to the oldest of the adults have been affected and all in between. There is not a social or racial group that has been left out of this pandemic. This disease has shown us and teaches us and tells us that every person here is vulnerable. There's absolutely not a single person that this disease cannot or will not affect. And in this vulnerability, in our lives, we begin to look and we get this understanding as far as, okay, what is important? What is essential in my life? So I have these nice boxes for us here today. So I'm going to explain these to you. So some of them have words on it. You'll notice the blue boxes. Some have words on it. Uh, You know, media and entertainment, work. We also have chores. And there's education. So these are things that our life and our life kind of evolves around these things. And we have these things that are in our lives. I have these two white boxes for you over here. And I have to ask the question, how many of you begin your day with a morning devotion? You begin your day and you devote your day to God by doing devotion. So that's what the white is. The white is going to represent God in our devotions. And then we have two other colored boxes here. And this green box here, what do you think the green box would be? Money. We all have to have money, right? So whenever we deal with and we think about money and we deal with this, Scripture says that money is the root to all evil. But we have to have money. So does that mean that we all have evil in our lives because we have money? It is the attitude in how we treat money and it being the root of all evil. We can, and some people do, allow money to drive their lives. As in whenever we get up in the morning... We might read our devotion, we might pray to God, but everything that we do from that moment on is for money. And it has all to deal with money. Money rules our lives. There's an issue with this. 
Now we have a gold box. The gold box would be what? Your treasure? But money is a treasure, right? This right here is going to be something that we kind of deal with. This is our possessions, home, car, jewelry, all the things that we have and that we own, they're again, they, they're not bad in themselves, but they can take over the rest of our lives. And that everything that we do always hinges upon what we get. Now, in this, I also think about this box as far as beauty. I know all of y'all think that I am the handsomest man that, you know, I, you know that's here, you know, and, and I agree with that. I look really nice today, right? I got my nice pants on, uh, you know, but the thing about it is, is, see, that can be vain. See, we can put our beauty above God. We can also put our beauty above other people and making them feel inferiority or inferior to us. There's a lot of people that spend a lot of this green stuff to make sure that they look that they make that they look beautiful. So we can have, we have issues with this. So we contemplate these things. We prioritize our life. I've been reading this book called Lead On. And in this book, it talks about being motivated to devotion. And the devotion in our lives is that we are supposed to devote everything. We are supposed to devote our entire life to God Almighty. Jesus was asked, what commandment is the greatest? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Every single bit, every piece of our life is supposed to be devoted to God. But we don't devote every single piece of our life to God. I'd like for you to turn to Joshua chapter 6. And in Joshua chapter 6, we have the story here, or not the story, but we have the passage of Scripture tells us about the city of Jericho and how the Israelites uh, you know, destroyed or captured the city of Jericho. One of the things about this passage of Scripture that we get and we have to see right off the bat that there are times in every person's life that God shows up and he does something in our lives that tells us and allows us to know that it only happened because of him. We all have that story, right? Uh, you know, hopefully you're all sitting here kind of thinking about that moment in time in your life that God showed up because you were struggling with a particular aspect in your life. Or it might be, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, you had a heart attack and you're on your deathbed and, and God shows up and heals you. There are miraculous things and there are times that God will show up and we know without a doubt that God is the one that took care of this. That is exactly where the Israelites are at here. And we find here in this story that God told them that he was going to give them this city but for them to get, you know, for them to attain this gold or to, uh, you know, to take over the city, what did they have to do? They had to march around the city 
one time for six days. So once a day, they walked around the city for six days. On the seventh day, they walked around the city for seven, they walked around the city seven times. God even told them how they were supposed to line up as far as in walking around the city. Right? He tells them specifically how to do this. On the seventh day, he says, whenever you walk around the seventh time, the priest will blow their horns with a mighty blast, and every person is supposed to shout and scream, and then God will deliver the city to you, and you're supposed to go into that city, and you're supposed to kill everything. Right? Men, women, children, ox, sheep, donkeys, everything is supposed to be killed. I don't know about you, but it's difficult for me to actually say those words. That I worship and I praise and I, you know, I have given my life over to a God that kills women and children. I don't think that the Israelites at that particular time enjoyed killing the children either. But whenever we look at this, we, we can't forget this. So I'm going to run there for you right now. So in Joshua chapter 2, verse 11, we find that the Israelites had sent spies over into the land. And they were looking through and they were searching out everything. And they ran into Rahab. And what does Rahab say? Rahab says that she knows that their God is the God of the heavens and the God of earth. And then she protected them so that they wouldn't be found and she let them get out of the house, out of the city by lowering them down from the window. And what did they say? They said, because you have done this, everyone that is in this household, whenever we come and attack this city, they will be saved. And only them. Now I want you to get this, okay, because... It's not that God killed the, you know, the people of Jericho just simply because he wanted to kill them or wanted to have the Israelites to kill them. God had them killed because if they didn't, then the Israelites would wind up worshiping the gods that they worshiped. God gave the Jerichos or gave those people every opportunity to repent and to accept him as their Lord and Savior. And we see by him saving her that, you know, that he says that if they would have done this, if everyone else in this city would have announced that I was the God of heaven and the God of earth and they would have repented from their sins and worshiped me, he would have allowed them to survive as well. It's just like us. He gives us every opportunity. Second Peter chapter 3 has that passage of scripture in there that says that Jesus came to this and came and died for everyone so that every person would repent so we see that God is here and that is difficult so whenever we look at this and we think about it in devoting our lives to God God is going to ask us to do something that is difficult So right off the smash, I want to let you know that this is something, it's not an easy task to do. Because the world that we live in says that you have to have money. 
And it's difficult for us to realize that, yes, we can have money, and yes, we need to have a job to have money, but money cannot rule our lives. Money, we have to give it over to God. Our possessions, and we think about this, the possessions that we have, the the things that as Christians that we would say, God has blessed me with this. There are times that we can place them in front of God. There are times that we can take hold of the possessions that he has blessed us with and we can place them in front of him. That we are loving our possessions more than we love him. We love our good looks more than we love him. We have to devote them to God. In this motion of devotion, in Joshua chapter 6, we find and we see here that the first thing that God wants us to see, I believe from here is, is that There are things in our lives that we must eliminate. There are things that we must get rid of. If we look back into Deuteronomy chapter chapter 20 and look at verses 16 through 19, God tells them how they are supposed to go into battle and what they are supposed to do. And he says the reason why you're doing this is so that they will not sway you from worshiping me. You cannot leave the people here because if they do, they will lead you away from me. Education. Education is good unless we allow it to get in between us and God. For the high schoolers, for the middle school, for the kids and stuff that are now, you know, had to do school over the last bit online. If we allow our education to take over what God is supposed to be doing in our lives. One of the things, and I think I just thought about this, whenever we think about education, In our society today, there is more ways to be educated than ever before. You can talk to your phone. I just found out this. I I was talking to somebody and we needed to to look into a little corner that needed some light. And I I didn't even know that you could say, uh, Siri, turn on my flashlight. And Siri would turn on your flashlight. I have an Alexa in my office, and I ask Alexa, Alexa, can you spell this for me? Alexa, can you spell that for me? She's really good at spelling. You go to your website, you go to your computer, and you type in Google, and you can ask Google any question, and Google's going to answer your question, or it's going to take you to the place to answer your question. We have knowledge is readily available. But if we do not look, through, look at knowledge through the lens of God Almighty, then we will be skewed and, and our education will be leading us away from God instead of to God. 
Whenever I was growing up, evolution was taught as a theory. And Bible was taught as fact, historical facts. Now evolution is in school and the Bible is being kicked out. We have more and more people today that believe in evolution than ever before. Education is good unless it takes us away from God. What about media? How many of you are watching more TV now today than you have in many months before? I see hands raised. I, you know, I do it. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of weird. Uh, you know, I, I watch Star Trek, The Next Generation. I know that there's some people that don't like Star Trek, the first generation, second generation, or, or any of the other ones. But I find that they're safe you know, movies or shows to be able to watch. They don't have bad language in it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I find it good. But I also find that I spend too much time there. Media computers are good, but they can also be bad. Whenever I think about the media, you know, and I'll say this, you know, I think it's this one, isn't it? Nope. I rearranged my boxes. Media can be good. After all, it has a lot of things in there for us to learn. But if you're using media to watch pornography, then you need to get away from it. See, all this, you know, we're talking about this because there are things that are in our lives that we have to alleviate. Media doesn't necessarily have to be alleviated. But if bad media is what you're watching, then yes, it needs to be alleviated. Pornography needs to go. If the movies that you're watching has bad language in it, it needs to go. If it has, uh, you know, different scenes or scenes and stuff that's inappropriate for you as a Christian, it needs to go. It's going to be difficult because 90% of the shows that's on TV now, they have something in them that is not proper for us as Christians to watch. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to devote our lives to God and, and we're going to do chores, right? I know that you know, the teenagers are going to love this and the kids uh, you know, because now that they've been at home more often, instead of in school, they have chores to do. The thing about the chores are is they're necessary, but if you're doing the chores with the wrong attitude, then you're not doing the chores and you're not being responsible and your life is not showing a devotion to God Almighty. Whenever your parents ask you to do something, how do you do it? <clears throat> or are you like, oh yeah, okay mom, I'll go do that. And we do it. I'm an adult and I have issues with that. Peggy's like, John, you need to take the trash out. I'm like, okay, honey, I'll get to it. It's really easy for us. All we have to do is just simply take the trash can and set it out the door and somebody's going to come by and pick it up. That's really simple, right? But they start doing it at 8 o'clock, okay? So I normally wait, if I remember to do it, around 9 or 9.30. Sometimes I get it out there before they get by and sometimes I don't. 
but we have to do it with the right heart because we're dedicating and we are devoting our lives to God. I know that one of these here is sports because it's really, really means a lot to me because I refuse to follow God's call on my life as a teenager because I wanted to play sports. I wanted to be the next Larry Bird. I couldn't do that. God had something else for me to do. But I was too worried about that. I was too worried about what I wanted to do. I wanted to design my life and not do it the way that he wanted me to do my life. We all have to work, right? Well, no. Some of y'all here don't have to work. But we used to have to work to survive because we have to have the money, right? So we had to work. The thing about it is, is that God gives us the job that we have so that we could utilize it for him, not just simply to have a work or have a job. Whenever we go to work, we need to make sure that the work that we do is honorable to God, that we work at our best, not half-heartedly. How many of you, whenever your boss tells you to do something, that you jump up with a big smile on your face and you're like, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am? We might jump up with, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and then we're walking away and our backs turn to them and we're like, We have not dedicated our lives completely to God because the attitude that we're carrying with this needs to go away. We need to eliminate things in our lives. But we also find in here that in verses, in chapter 6, verses 18 and 19, that there are some things in our lives that God wants to use for worship. So let's look at the passage of Scripture. It talks about that they are supposed to leave the gold, the silver, and the bronze, and all iron alone. So whenever they go in and they take the city, they cannot come out and they cannot take or touch any of that stuff. Because that is something that is consecrated unto God that will be worked and used to build the, the things that they're going to put into the sanctuary. The candlesticks. Or not the candlesticks, but the, the candle stand. The bowls, the plates. Those will be consecrated to that. What this shows and what this tells us is that there are things in our lives that are good. The job that God gave us, it's good if we use it for Him. The struggles that we face, they're good if we allow Him to work through them and to change our lives. As we become devoted, as we move into this life of devotion to God, some things have to be eliminated. 
some things have to be elevated in our lives. Scripture reading, prayer, doing our work for God, doing the chores around the house for God, our education, making sure that God is part of our education. We also find in this that Joshua tells us that in this motion to devotion that we have to bring it to completion. Now whenever I'm talking about bringing it to completion, we have to understand this fact that if we promise someone to do something, we need to do it. If we promise to God that God, if you get me out of this, I'll do this. We have to make sure that we do it. God, if you take me out of this struggle, then I'm going to read my scripture every single day. God, if you you bring me through this situation at work, I'll never grumble about my job again. God moves us. Two weeks down the road, we're grumbling about our job again. God removes us from the struggle. And we said, I'm going to read my scripture every day. For about three or four days, we do a good job. And then we quit. Notice... Rahab. Rahab helped the Israelites to escape. And they promised to her that her and her family, anyone in that household, would be saved. And whenever the walls came falling down and the Israelites rushed in, who survived? Rahab and her family. Everyone that was in that house survived. We have to keep our promises. Our children learn how to lie from us. How many of you have ever promised your kids that you would take them and and throw the ball with them if they did something good and then not going and throw ball. I can recall I told my kids if you would be good for a week, I would take you to Carowinds. They were good for the week and I didn't take them to Carowinds. I didn't have the money. They didn't understand that I didn't have the money. They just understood that I broke a promise. See, that's what God's talking about. God has never broken a promise to us. But if we promise to him that I will do this if you take me through this, and we don't do it. See, we have to take this to completion. And the thing about this is, in taking it to completion, it takes us to the next thing is, is that whenever we do this, that we have to preserve the glory of God. 
The reason why we dedicate our lives and we devote our lives to God is that whenever we come to the end of our lives, that they don't say, man, you were a good pastor or a good preacher. Or you were a good neighbor or, you know, you had nice things at your house. We devote our lives to God, not so that we can have people tell us that we were smart or to have people tell us that we were talented at this or we were good singers and we could do this. We do it so that God gets the glory. Whenever I breathe my last breath, I want people to be able to say that he showed God to me. I don't want them to say that you were a good speaker. I don't want them to say that he was a handsome preacher, that he always dressed nice. I want him to say that I saw God through him. As we devote our lives to him. The job that we have, we do it for him. The talents that he's given us, we do it for him. The money that he blesses us with, we give it to him. The homes, the cars, all the possessions that we possess, we give them to him. Because he alone deserves the glory. He alone deserves the honor in our lives. through us in every single thing that we do. In this pandemic time that we're still, you know, it, things are beginning to open up. And I think this is important to us as we, before we get back out into the rat race of this world, that our lives are in priority with God. That the things that we do, we no longer do them for ourselves, but we do them for God. Whenever our boss asks us to do something, we do it for God. We do our best for God. See, this morning, these boxes, yes, they represent our lives and the things that we can put before God. But the thing is, is that we need to glorify Him in every single thing that we do. in every single thing that we do. Let's stand for dismissal. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you so much, dear Lord, for this day and for this time that you have given to us. God, I thank you, dear Lord, for for the scripture that you have shown us today. And God, how in this time that we need to reprioritize things in our lives that We need to make sure that we get rid of the things and we eliminate the things that don't need to be there. We eliminate the things that have gotten in between you and us. But God, we also need to focus on the things that needs to be elevated, the good things in our lives, reading scripture, praying to you, uh, you not forsaking the gathering of others that we've come together into your church. God, there are things that we do need to do. And God, I pray, dear Lord, that we would bring these things to completion. 
God, that whenever we make a promise to you or to anyone else, God, that we would see it through to the end. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, as we move into total devotion to you, God, I pray that your spirit will show us what needs to be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a few announcements. Uh, just remember that the uh, the boxes are in the foyer for you for your offering. If you would please place them in there, that would be really good. Also, Tuesday at 714, we have the um, hour prayer or the prayer time. So please come and be a part of that as well. But also for the women, uh, the women of worth, uh, for your retreat, the registration has opened for that, and there's uh, folders for you right outside in the foyer over there on the table. So please grab that and go ahead and take that and uh, you know begin to register for that retreat. All right? Let's bow our heads for the benediction. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you again, dear Lord, for this day. God, I thank you for each person that is here. God, I pray that your face would shine upon them. And God, that your blessings from heaven will be poured out on each one. In Jesus' name, amen.